Hello and welcome to another podcast of Father and Joe. I am Joe Rocky here with Father Boniface Hicks. And Father, we just did our virtue series, and I want to continue with a theme that had come out of it, actually a specific topic that had come out of one of them, which was stated that every person in is unique, obviously we, we're known that from the Creator, but every person deserves food, clothing, and shelter. And on some level, we all inherently know that. Whenever you have a child, you have to feed them. You have to keep them warm, and you have to make sure that they're safe. So we know this from a natural law order from the beginning. But where it gets messy is whenever we get into the real world. As you you mentioned in the last podcast, when we start applying these elements from on-the-page theory to actually real-life application, it can get messy and sticky. So with that being said, I find that it's going to be hard to have this type of conversation without bringing up politics in one format or another. So obviously, that is a hot-button topic in a lot of Americans. In some ways, it seems that politics has become a religion in a sense, which is very scary. But what I figured would be a good starting point before we dive into how to feed, clothe, and shelter everyone, let's just start with the basics. What are politics? And just go from there. Because that conversation rarely happens at all. And there's probably a lot of miscommunication going on and a lot of misunderstanding just from not establishing what we're actually talking about. Mm. So with that being said, Father... Show us yeah. the light. It's a, it's a great point for discussion. And I guess I want to say at the outset, I, I think about this a fair amount, but I also know there are vast resources and there are kind of areas of, uh, uh, there are things that I'm still reading and I would like to have integrated better. Uh, and maybe I'll do that as we're going along and that'll come in. But anyway, just to say, I think the most valuable thing would just be inviting people into the into the reflection on this. I think a problem that we have in politics, a problem that we have in taking care of people, a problem we have in our world is people just not thinking about things very much and or or enough understanding what, you know, what the what the purpose of politics is or or what the rights of human beings are and so i'm happy to stimulate that discussion i guess that's what i'm saying i i don't claim to have uh, sort of definitive answers oh gosh you know if i if you had just listened to father boniface earlier all of the world's problems would have been solved you know i don't i don't have any sort of illusions about that but uh in terms of we talked about the virtue of justice and justice is to give to each according to what he deserves or what she deserves. And what do we deserve as a human being? Well, one of the things that we deserve as a human being is food, clothing, and shelter. Everybody has a right to that. So now some people's rights become other people's responsibilities. It's always important to see that uh, complementary structure. Rights and responsibilities go together. And so if, you know, you have a right to hear the truth and 
I have a responsibility perhaps to speak the truth. You know, if you have a right to clothing, then maybe somebody has a responsibility to provide that. And as you mentioned with children, you know, even babies have a right to food, clothing, and shelter, and that creates a responsibility on their parents, first and foremost, to provide for them food, clothing, and shelter. So just to take a step back now, if we there may already be protests going on in people's hearts and minds, but if we can just keep that at bay for a moment and allow ourselves to see things from this perspective. If every human being has a right to food, clothing, and shelter, who has the responsibility to provide that? I just gave the example of parents and children, but what about for adults? Uh, what about for adults in particular circumstances? What about for adults that don't have uh, the mental development or the physical development who maybe uh, have some disabilities? You know, what about for adults that uh, are elderly and can't provide for themselves? Or what about, so there's a whole variety of things. We might say, well, you should just provide for yourself food, clothing, and shelter. Okay, well, what if you can't? Then whose responsibility is it to provide at that point? All right, so that's a kind of sets the stage for it a little bit. Now, just take a step back again. Is there enough, we might say, is there enough food, clothing, and shelter for everybody? Uh, whose responsibility is that? Well, ultimately, that's God's responsibility. It's God's responsibility to create enough for everybody. And so we look at the world and we say, is there actually enough for everybody? Well, yes, as it turns out, there is enough for everybody. The, the earth has a carrying capacity of uh, like a hundred billion people or something with modern farming techniques and our capacity to make food. There's actually enough room in the state of Texas to house the entire world with a population density of New York City. So you'd have quite a few uh, high rises in Texas, but you can actually fit seven billion people in Texas if you have a dense, if it was all one big New York City in Texas, just to give you a sense. I mean, there's a lot of room left in the world at that point. So God has given us lots of space. God has given us lots of food. God has given us lots of what we need for, uh, to create clothing and shelter as well. The goods are all out there. The material goods are all out there. So God has done his part. He's provided everything. So what's necessary is getting it from where it is, producing it, and getting it to where it's needed. And that's what we call the universal destination of goods. God's plan is he provides everything we need, and then it's our job you know, with him and in, in some you know, ways with each other to get that to where it's needed. That's the, that's the goal of kind of our daily life you know, or the, the big picture in humanity. And, and how, what are the communication paths by which everything gets from where God has made it to where it's, where it's needed? Well, and there are some basic structures for that. One I already mentioned, from parents to children. Parents gather some extra up, more than they need for themselves, and they provide that then for their children. Another uh, organ of, of society is through, through the state. So we, we create um, governments. We create um, bodies of, of people. Uh, and... And the state also can help to provide from, you know, a, a place of abundance to the place that there are needs. The, the state can have a – I want to be real careful. I'm starting to walk into po politics land, so hold, hold back for a moment. 
Um, but, you know, the state can have a pseudo, a quasi-parental role because there are some people who don't have parents. What happens with widows and orphans, you know, and this is the concern going back in the scriptures, back to the, the book of Deuteronomy when the, the state, we might say the nation of Israel was being established. I'm not talking about the one in the Middle East right now, uh, but the nation of Israel was being established by God. He cared about widows and orphans, and he required people to provide for them. Um, so that's another pathway. But we also have a pathway of providing for our neighbor. You know, you, you have a neighbor in need, and um, so somebody's going hungry. We saw Mother Teresa going into the places of poverty in Calcutta. She had extra that she got from different places, from the state in part, and also from the work of the sisters, and also from the generosity of people. She gathered up some extra, and then she took it out to the people who had need. So we provide also for our neighbors in that way. And, uh, and then another way that we've established is through employment that I have a, I have a need, that you can provide for me, which is uh, some labor, some work. And in exchange for you providing some work, some labor for me, I provide some food, some shelter, some clothing, or maybe the representative of it, some capital, some money for you to be able to buy that. So we're making an exchange of goods now. But again, the, uh, the goal, and actually uh, food, clothing, and shelter, another human right and human need is work actually to, to have something to do to have meaning in our lives and so uh, work is a good thing in itself it's not just a good means to the end of getting money or getting food clothing and shelter having something to do is is also an important thing so I'm just going to draw this to a little conclusion and give you a chance to respond on behalf of our listeners who uh Maybe in an uproar now, I don't know. But uh, so God has provided all the material good that we need. And how do we get that from the abundance to the areas of need? There are various uh, distribution mechanisms, we might say, through the family, through uh, neighborly charity, through a mutual exchange of goods in employment and work, and then also uh, through the state. These are all different organs, different vehicles by which uh, the, the goods that God has provided can reach people who need them. Yeah, so first of all, I don't think you said anything that was astronomically bad, if wrong oh, good. at all. Um, so while we're sticking here with the ideal of from God, as you mentioned there, right now, there's calculations that have the world having enough food. And there's a cynical view out there that goes, well, we need to temper our population so we don't exceed that. But a big portion of that is that number has continually grown. You know, God inspires people to invent a new farming tactic, a new piece of machinery. Um, just in my world, a hundred years ago, the way that you did your plumbing, the materials that you used would last 50 years or so. A lot less if you live in a really cold area where they get brittle, but in normal circumstances, 50 years. 
fast forward to now, same core concept, big pipe takes bad things away in terms of uh, waste. They effectively can last forever because the way that the plastics are made now versus the way that the cast iron was made then. Now, you can say that, oh, some guy just figured out how to make plastics and that's awesome. Or you can look at it and say, well, that's God making it so it can work for the rest of us from that standpoint. So where I wanted to, to continue with this was not everyone's going to eat the same thing. You know, people who live, um, just take it back to before we had all these distribution networks, before we could take a train halfway across the country, um, a plane around the world or a ship around the world. You pretty much ate what you grew. And there's places on the planet that are better at growing corn. There's places that are better at growing apples. So doesn't mean necessarily everyone needs to eat and drink the same thing. And I think that that's an inherent given that needs to start. Because I think when you get away from there, you're going to have some problems. But sticking with the ideal that you had mentioned, the block of society that the Bible and the church has pushed is the most efficient thing you can have is the family. You know, two parents together raising the kids. And then ultimately the kids become parents and take care of their parents as well as taking care of their kids. And the grandparents also help throughout the whole process. You got this whole interconnection of family. And at least in America, what we've had is a severe erosion of family. Um, lots of outside secular things have gone into that, which some we have touched upon, some we will. But the long story short is the family has deteriorated. And as that has happened, what also has gone down um, and this is statistically provable, so this isn't being made up. In areas where family has declined, so too has general knowledge and the way that it's measured as test scores. So you're building less of the capacities and the faculties of being able to take care of yourself and then your future family. And you're at a significant disadvantage just from your family that you were born into being in disarray. So I think that that's an important element that we should discuss um, as as we said, as we're starting with God's ideal and God's ideal starting block is the family. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, The family is the, the cell, the, the, a cell is the most fundamental uh, kind of building unit in our body, right? You know, uh, the smallest thing you get, cells are composed of things, but those things don't sort of exist on their own. You need a certain amount of stuff to make a cell, and then you build things. It's like a brick, you know. Uh, the, the fundamental building block of society, the fundamental cell of society is the family. That uh, we, we keep, uh, family is a kind of closed-in unit that's uh, sort of a mini uh, a mini city. It's a society of its own. It's a. Uh, it has its own little government. It's. Uh, we call it the domestic church. It's sort of a complete unit, 
and uh, we can build society out of families. And so, and certainly the family providing for itself, for the weaker members is, is the primary go-to, right? I mean, nobody takes care of you like your parents, you know, nobody's willing to take you in like your parents. Uh, nobody takes care of you like your brother. Uh, you know, when you hit hard times, everybody else abandons you, but your mother still comes to visit you in prison. You know, I mean, whatever it is, the, our, our families, we, again, then there are exceptions to this and I don't want to hit any wounds that people have because they haven't had that kind of loving environment. But the, the me, the normal situation is, you know, our families really provide for us. And then we sort of use the family as a model. And so Jesus says things like, you know, uh, let's call each other brothers and sisters. We really have all one, one father in heaven. We're really all one family. We should provide for everybody in the way that we provide for our families. It's the model, it's the template, but it's not the exclusive domain. Otherwise we end up like the mafia. We provide for the family and we kill anybody else, you know? So Jesus really extends the realm of the family as broadly as possible, as best as we can. And that's a, that's a challenge for us to extend beyond, to see that widow, that orphan, and say, that's my mother, that's my sister, that's my child, that's my, I have a responsibility. It's not somebody else's problem. How do I take responsibility? I can't just walk past the, the, the man laying on the side of the road beaten by robbers. I need to be like the Good Samaritan and stop and take care of him. He's my responsibility. So that's the place that we're being stretched, that we're being guided to, to, uh, again, provide the food, clothing, and shelter, most fundamentally to provide the basic human needs uh, to, to everybody. Sure, and that makes a lot of sense. And you actually brought upon something there that I think would be a good introductory point. So often when we're having conversations like this, we think about the extremes, either the extremely profitable or the extremely downtrodden that are didn't, didn't have a loving and growing family. And one of the things that I think would be good is to keep a perspective because while we can always see an example of, well, those two guys stayed together, but that couple really wasn't a functional couple and therefore wasn't the best environment. But on the average, on the norm, you're way better off with two parents that love each other. And statistically speaking, that's the most important variable in terms of outcome of likelihood of going to prison, test scores and stuff like that. So, while I'm not trying to discount the exceptions to the rule, I think that it would be beneficial for all of us to focus in the majority of times this is the best case scenario. Because if we only focus on the exceptions, we'll lose the core essence of the teachings. You know, Jesus obviously acknowledged that there was lepers and he went out and taught with them and healed them. But the majority of his teachings was to everyday normal people who can control their lives. So I think that that would be a good starting point um, as far as a ground rule to, to move forward with. And that also being said, this obviously conversation won't just be one cast long. 
uh, as we're kind of approaching only about five minutes left here. So what I wanted to do was just introduce that because so many times you're hearing, regardless of what the topic is, just these extreme one-off examples, which are not the norm, but they make it sound like the norm or they're significantly smaller, but they make it seem as just important. Um, so a lot of political examples came to mind there and I want to hold that back for another time, but I want to give you a chance to have the last couple moments of today's cast here to take us forward into our conversation in the next one. Well, uh, we mentioned politics and kind of the purpose of politics and, uh, I guess just to introduce that idea, like you said, we don't have time to really explore it, but just to introduce it and invite our, our listeners to think about it a little bit is given this problem, lots of goods need some distribution mechanisms, have some basic concepts. Uh, the family is one. Charity, fraternal charity is another. Mutual trade and employment is another. The government is another. How do you establish society? How do you shape society so that those vehicles work in the best way? You know, the the kind of communist approach uh, is like everybody's flattened out, and uh, you know, the the government is sort of providing everything that's needed, is arranging all of life uh, for those things to happen. There are lots of problems with that. It just cuts out some of the, you know, the dimension of trade, the dimension of uh, growing in personal wealth, the dimension of private property, uh, the importance of the family. Some of those things are really minimalized or eliminated through the communist model, which is one of the reasons the church has uh, said definitively that's not an acceptable model. It's not a moral model. Um, uh, on the other hand, you know, capitalism might eliminate completely the role of government and say, you know, you don't need any government. Everybody should just work it out in a capitalist. This would be like a sort of un, unbridled capitalism, I think is what Pope John Paul called it. You know, an unbridled capitalism without any role of government is also problematic, kind of on the opposite end. It rules out that distribution mechanism of of government and it it doesn't kind of force things to flow. It, it would allow capital to collect all in kind of a few places and, and other areas be totally drained of, of any capital. So um, a, a kind of moderated capitalism is you know, more of what we have in the United States and is, is certainly a moral approach. Some would say, well, a little more government, a little more family, a little more trade, a little bit more charity. How do we – so again, we have these different distribution mechanisms – and how do we kind of tweak them in the best way to get the end result that we're looking for, which is that everybody has what they need. And uh, anyway, so just to kind of set the stage for that, I, I hope that it makes clear there aren't obvious answers to this. There are some obvious things that are, you know, there are some things that are excluded. Like I said, a full communism or an unbridled capitalism would be two extremes. Um, but you know, or a kind of tribalism, I suppose, if it's only the family, if there's no nation or no trade or something. 
Um, but we want all of these different distribution mechanisms to work as effectively as possible. How do we balance them and have motivational structures and shape them and cut off excesses? And, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's really challenging to, to do that and probably requires constant tweaking. And, but anyway, hopefully that sets the stage a little bit for some future discussions. And it absolutely will. So this will be our next couple series of casts moving forward. We hope that you know you enjoyed it and you stay with us. And we also hope that you'll continue to tell a friend about the cast. As we have been growing, as you guys have been telling people about us, we have been growing. We thank you all very much for that. And we look forward to being with you here in the next week and the many weeks to come.